So um, Dan gave me marching orders. And so I'll, I'll cut to the chase. My text and uh, my message are about to what have we led, excuse me, to what have we let become our master, our Lord, and even our king? So put that in, okay? What, what's become king? This is the very end of our 12-part um, series. Kind of neat about what disciples do. 12 disciples, 12 weeks. And in case you don't remember all of them, just a little recap. What do disciples do? Week one, they follow Christ. They share the gospel. They steward well. They practice generosity. They teach their families. They always give thanks. They wrestle with God. They accept that they're sinners. They repent. They believe in the God of the living. They live according to the word. And what we learn about today, they acknowledge Christ as king. I wanted to also add that apparently they also step up with very little notice to give messages. <laughs> um, but I talked to Dan yesterday, well, text, and, and I, he said, I can't believe that I've missed all these different weeks of what disciples do. And I said, well, maybe that was the Spirit's intent. So I really want to thank everybody who's joined me up here for this series and delivering their take on it, because I really think that maybe that was what was intended. But we don't wish that Dan has been so sick. So today, I, I looked at a bunch of things, knowing what Dan wanted me to do to cut to the chase there. But I think that... Um, There's a lot for me to take in, and um, he thought that if we wanted to really make the, the kernel of truth, you know, what have we as each, each of us let become our master, our Lord, or even our king? Um, he said, try to think of, like, all the different things that have gotten in, in the way of that and have taken the place as declare, of declaring Christ as king. So that led me to um, remember um, being in my 20s, very long ago, and I was at a party um, on a date, and not Alan, and, and all the people are chatting, and they're saying, so what are you, what are you, what are you? And the replies are, oh, I'm a Leo, or I'm a Pisces, and you hear like what's going on at that, at that party. Um, and so I'm a Pisces, but I don't really care about that. And then, but I thought, what if I looked at what, if I believed in, in that being my, um, my faith, my truth, what would a Pisces have done yesterday? And so yesterday, the Pisces Daily said, well, if you're interested in philosophy, religion, or any other discipline that encourages one to ponder the meaning of life, today you may decide to wander away from the beaten path to check out some different scenery. The fact that prevailing attitudes are so firmly anchored and so rarely questioned irritates you to no end today. Think of what you can do to appease your searching spirit. And I was like, oh, that's a bunch of malarkey. And I was like, well, I'm glad that I'm, you know, I don't buy into that. But it was like telling me not to be firm in my faith. So I thought that was really an interesting subtext about, you know, Dan said, look at what the um, 
the different uh, places that people are being led might take you. Um, then that laid, led me to kind of ruminate back to when I was very, very little. And some of you in this room might remember 1967 and the musical Hair, and it was celebrating counterculture, and we were supposed to uh, celebrate the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Um, I was really little, but I remember hearing it on the radio a lot. And I thought, okay, well, that's another example of all these things that we might be looking for that, that are outside of the truth, the gospel. Um, but back to that party in my 20s, when, when I say I'm a Pisces, he replies, I'm L-O-S-T. And um, I thought, no, no truer um, letters or words, right? Because I think that we were really lost when we're looking for um, other things to, to find um, truth in. Um, and so then I thought, well, what, what do we have to do to write ourselves and to be found and not L-O-S-T? Um, so in addition to the music that the band was playing today, which was totally what I was thinking about yesterday, I started uh, focusing on um, the hymn by hymn, Hillsong Worship and Mighty to Save. Um, and the beginning was, well, everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Well, everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a, a savior, the hope of nations. And I thought about that as like my hymn and my hill song to counter these dawning of the age of Aquarius, that, that people are searching, but they can't find what they need. In terms of more cultural or um, countercultural traps, um, I was talking to Alan last night about a close um, relative of ours who's out in California, and she invited me to the naming ceremony of her son when he was a baby. And she literally lived on Hate Street in, in San Francisco. So you can conjure up a lot about what was going on there. So I go to this naming ceremony, and I, I told my husband it reminded me of Sleeping Beauty, where the fairies give the gifts. But this group that my relative had included included me, a bunch of Unitarians, a Wiccan friend, many agnostics. I mean, it was a circle, believe me. But when I got to hold the baby, I'd ask my relative ahead, is it okay if I place the sign of the cross on his forehead? And I felt like at least, you know, she said yes. And, and um, I just wanted to say, can you all spell lost again for me, please? Because it just was like so reminiscent of, of what's going on here and how confusing it is. So for me, coming to the end of our 12-part series focused on what disciples do and that today is recognizing um, Christ the King Sunday I feel like this is kind of our final exam. And just to um, ready you, Dan asked me to ask you some questions to see if you've been paying attention. So you're going to have an audience participation part at the end. But for me, this series has pointed each week how we can grow and find Christ as our true north so that we don't have to be lost, that we can follow the one true master, and that's our Lord and King, Jesus Christ. 
The Colossians letter today um, was really powerful to me. And commentaries that I looked at about his letter showed me that his intent, the large intent of his writing, was because at the time he wrote it, the Colossians had gone off course. They'd lost their way. Apparently, they needed to be reminded, as we do, about both the nature and the mission of Christ. So that passage I just read focuses verse by verse on who Christ was and what he came to do for them. So if you have time and you brought your Bibles, I just encourage you to look at chapter 1 again. And you'll see that it's really a concise faith statement on both the nature and the mission of Jesus. So if we want to rewrite ourselves and get back on course like these Colossians apparently wanted to do and I think responded well to Paul's admonition, what would that mean if we really wanted to know that Jesus is our Lord and our King? I would counter uh, that the one thief on the cross next to Jesus, he figured it out, and so must we. I did a little more research yesterday, and it led me to look at the significance of today, Christ the King Sunday, and that it's the last Sunday of our church year. But you notice we didn't have readings that were um, like a big woohoo New Year's Eve party. It's Jesus on the cross and the thief. According to many radio stations, it must already be Christmas, right? <laughs> it's not. Advent, our time of preparation, begins next Sunday. But today, we are to focus on Christ's earthly ending. And it's one of what I consider three S's, surrender, submission, and sacrifice. And those are what I think disciples need to take on their journey, surrender, submission, and sacrifice. I believe these are the key elements of being a disciple who acknowledges and lives into believing that he, Jesus, is both Lord and King. Um, for, for my friend Lee, I looked up the Greek that Lord and King um, in Greek come from the same root, root Kyrios, and so it all um, ties in, like there's not really a distinction between those words in, in the Greek. So um, they said that kurios means that you look at dignity, honor, and majesty all together. So today, Christ the King Sunday is a day where we are to both recognize and celebrate Christ's messianic king, kingship and his sovereign rule over all of creation. We know because he's going to greet, greet the thief that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And as our Lord and our King, we owe him dignity, honor, and majesty. I was also helped by a blog that was written um, in honor of today, and it's just called Blog by Bob. I don't know who Bob is, but I thank him. Um, he writes, today we need to pay attention to the way Jesus fulfills his ministry on earth by claiming his kingly crown. This is the kind of king we need and the kind of king we can really worship. This is the king who knows what it is to be broken, 
because only that king can reach into the cracks and let the light in. This light of Jesus' kingship shines through the cracks of our broken expectations for what we think we need. And that light also lights our way to follow our true king. To follow him in doing the work that God gives us to do, even if that work is self-sacrifice and what we really want and would rather have is safety. To follow him in offering forgiveness to our enemies, whether they deserve it or not. And to follow him in looking at the eyes of every other human being, including those we could justifiably judge and then offer them our welcome. To follow him in living as faithful citizens in his kingdom, because Jesus, you are our true king. So as Dan told me in his three lines of text about make sure you include, he said, let them know that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Don't put other things above him. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's all he gave me. Okay, but, um, um, but what do you think of when you hear the, the word Lord? And how is Jesus Lord in your life? Gonna add, that's our final exam question, okay? So I'll say it a couple times. What do you think of when you hear the word Lord? And we know it means king. How is Jesus Lord in your life? Since I had time to prepare my answer, I went to Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put sheep on his right and goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, for the kingdom is prepared for you, and it's been prepared since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you, you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. So to all of you, from Dan, again, Jesus is Lord, don't put other things above him. But he wants for me to see if you have any answers to this. What do you think of when you hear the term Lord and how is Jesus Lord in your life? Give you a moment. I got great news that, that one of our members um, has restarted a prison ministry. Check. I just talked to you about all these ways neighbor to neighbor is working on clothing and feeding. But what else um, do you think and do you hear when we say we're going to claim Jesus as Lord and King? And, and Dave, can you help me like if somebody shouts something out and I don't hear it? Okay. 
There's no right or wrong answer. Dan just wanted to include you. Clem? So, so, to, so Clem's preferring Lord to King, and I think it's kind of interesting that our, our British native, yeah, has a different understanding of King probably than we do. But um, yeah, um, so I think it's good that he wanted to know. So, so let's go, knowing they're the same root, Lord King, we can go with Lord. Okay. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Other people, don't be scared. What do you hear of when you hear Lord? Miss Dawn? Not your will, but mine. Mm -hmm. And so that's that submission part, right? There's a hierarchy. Clarissa? Mm -hmm. God is, is Clarissa's rudder. Thanks for being so brave. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. I might need you to come up for these. Thanks. I, I'm not sure I can paraphrase. What does it mean to have him be Lord of your life? Okay, so we have a couple of responses online. If there's more of you online that want to respond, please do. Uh, Lord of all, not just parts, day to day, week to week, month to month, 24-7. That refers back to one of this week's readings where it says uh, sunrise to, or sunset to sunset, moon to moon. And then um, Lord equals my all in all. Okay, those online listeners are getting good grades. <laughs> but I'd like you to continue to ponder that. Um, and I don't know, I, I felt like I'm gonna try to live for myself with those three S's about surrender and um, submit and then sacrifice. And I think the sacrifice one is my growing edge, but um, I really appreciate your participation and, and your faithfulness as um, we disciples get ready for the beautiful season of Advent, but at the same time know that he's already seated at the right hand of the Father. So, dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are Lord, and may we serve you in humility and gladness. Thank you for Jesus in his name. Amen. <laughs>